love. Love is a word that gets used in so many different ways, it almost doesn't mean anything anymore. The rallying cry in our culture in this day is, love is love, which really doesn't mean anything, does it? I mean, growing up, we learned that you can't use the same word in the sentence to define the word. And yet, that's the rallying cry. Love is love. And if you ask people what love is, they'll often say, well, it's how I feel. It's my feeling. And my feelings define the measure, the standard of what love is. And yet, people who say it's just their feeling of love are often chasing after that feeling with person after person, with thing after thing, seeking but never finding enduring love. I mean, when you take a look and and you would ask them, so point two, what is an example of enduring love? The only thing that they have to point to is themselves. And that's self-idolatry. But what they don't understand is that chasing the feeling of love or just saying love is love is love. It's not an enduring love. It's actually a castle built of sand. And it crushes, it's destroyed at the slightest weight. So if you and I were to point to something that is enduring love, lasting love, love that does not change, love that does not shift or crumble under the weight of the world, to what would you point? The cross. The cross. When you take a look at the cross, it is a symbol of God's enduring love. But it's not just a symbol, is it? It's just not an abstract thought or an idea. It's an object that stands for all time. It doesn't shift according to culture. It doesn't shift according to opinions. It does not shift according to opinions. It is an object that stands for all time and shows God's love. But it's more than just showing God's love. It is how God gave His love. In this, this is love. You see, love isn't just a passive thing, is it? When you actually love someone, it moves you to act on their behalf. And you all know this. I know you know this. I'm sure you have all gotten up some point at 3 a.m. to help somebody in need, whether it's a child, a spouse, a neighbor. You've done that drive to the hospital or to the ER. You've taken a day that was supposed to be rest and you gave it for another because they needed your help at that time. That's the sacrificial love that we're talking about. It is a love that moves you to act on behalf of others and it is the same with God. God's love moves him to act on behalf of others. And so on this Good Friday, 
we are going to understand what this love is. And we're going to be taking a look at Scripture, at John's first letter, 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. We'll start with verse 9. In this is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Notice, John does not start off pointing at anything in the world to define love. He says, in this, the love of God. He points to God. God being the standard, the measure of what love is. And he says, in this, the love of God was made manifest. So what does that mean? It means that he sent his only son, Jesus. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God in the flesh. In this is love that God sent his only son, his precious son. You know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. There's a lot of love packed into that one verse. You see, it does not say that God sent His Son into the world because we loved God. In fact, it's just the opposite. God sent His only Son into the world because He loved the world which hated him. I mean, think about it. God sent his only son, Jesus, into a world full of sin. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 5, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, that doesn't sound too bad, does it? I mean, you know, we were still sinners. I mean, just like love gets used in so many ways, the impact of sin and sinners, it just gets watered down. Oh, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, everyone's a sinner. And so we just go on our way, thinking it really doesn't mean too much. We dismiss the offense of sin. And yet, God sent His Son in the world because of that sin. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 3. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their path are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known. When I read the news, when I see everything that is happening, certainly in America, these words truly ring true, don't they? It says their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Is there not curses and bitterness? I mean, outright curses now. From all people, no matter their their status, no matter if it's the president on down, full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. 
in their paths are ruin and misery. Certainly, we don't know much peace in our world today. God sent his only son into that world. And yet it's not just the world out there, is it? Because it would be really easy then to dismiss us and our part in that. Like, they're sinners, I'm okay. But we can't. I mean, when we take a look at the cross, you can't just say, God sent his only son to the world to die for those other people. He died for me. You know, I want to think my heart's pretty good. But apart from Christ, it's not. Jesus said this, For from within, out of the heart of man, comes evil, thoughts, sexuality, immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. That's our state, apart from Christ Jesus. That's the state of the world. Now, if you had a neighbor who hated you this much, would you offer mercy, grace, and forgiveness? Would you send your beloved child to their house to offer grace, mercy, and forgiveness? I wouldn't. And what if you just not even had one person, but if you had a whole town or a state or a nation that hated you so much, wouldn't you just simply shake the dust off your feet and leave them to their own demise? But God loved the world in this way, that he sent his only son into that world. In this is love. In this is love. God sent his only son who was with him from eternity. There was never a time when the father and son were separated. The Son sat at the right hand with the Father in the glory of heaven. And the Son had all power and majesty and glory. And the Father loved the world that He sent His Son. And the Son loved the Father. Came to be mocked, to be spat upon, to be crucified. In this is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest for us, among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. He died so that we might live. It says this, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We covered that word last night, propitiation. It's one of those big words, but it is an important word. Simply, it means to appease 
the wrath of God. Jesus paid the full penalty for God's wrath, the holy God's wrath against sin. Jesus paid that penalty in full. When he said, it is finished, it means it was paid in full. There is nothing else to be done. The debt was paid. And so Jesus bore that wrath so you and I wouldn't have to. You know, in the song, How Great Thou Art, it says this. And this is the, this is the verse that always makes me choke up. And when I think that God, His Son not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, He bled and died. Take away my sin. Now, I don't know if you know this, but that phrase that God sent His Son not sparing actually comes from Scripture. It comes from Romans chapter 8. It says this, He, he who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. And I don't know if you know this, but that one verse goes all the way back to Genesis, referencing Abraham and Isaac. Now, if you were here on Ash Wednesday, the very beginning of Lent, we actually covered that whole account of Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice of Isaac. And I said that we would come full circle to that on Good Friday. And so here we are. You see, it is from Genesis, the Old Testament, to the New Testament that we can make a direct line. It is from Abraham and Isaac that we make a direct line to Jesus and His cross. If you recall, God told Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, the son whom you love. And Abraham obeyed, and so he took Isaac. And Isaac had to carry his own wood to the sacrifice. But he had a question. He said, where's the lamb to be sacrificed? And Abraham answered, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. God will provide for himself. He didn't say, God will provide for us. He said, God will provide for himself the lamb for burnt offering, my son. Why would God provide something for himself? Because it had to be a sacrifice. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. God's righteousness, his holiness, his law demands a perfect sacrifice for sin. And there is nothing that you and I could ever do to offer up a perfect sacrifice. And so God did what we could not do. He offered up a perfect sacrifice. He offered up His Son, Jesus, to bear the price. God provided the Lamb who was slain. 
the lamb who was sacrificed. Now it's interesting that in that account, the ram in Genesis, the ram was caught in a thicket of thorns around his head. And Christ on the cross wore that that crown of thorns. Isaac had to carry his own wood, but he was spared. Jesus had to carry his own cross, but he was not spared. This is what it means. But God did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. Jesus bore that full price for us. And so the song we have sung tonight is perfect for it. What wondrous love is this, O my soul, O my soul. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, to bear the dreadful curse for my soul. In this, this is love. It is not a sentimental love. It is a self-sacrificial love, one that laid down his life for the sake of another. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. And this is love. And that is why it is a good Friday. When Jesus said, it is finished, as it is as if he cried out to the Father, I have loved you completely to the very end. And it is as if he cries out to each one of us, I have loved you completely to the very end. And this is love. It is eternal. It does not move. It does not waver. It stands for all time. When you look at the cross of Christ, you see the love of God. You see the love of Christ Jesus. And when he said, it is finished, that the price had been paid in full. Behold the man upon the cross. And this is love.